Welcome to the Master Builder Podcast, a production of the U.S. Coalition of Apostolic Leaders. Each week, your host, Bob Engelhardt, interviews the strategic thinkers, movers, and shakers who are advancing God's kingdom throughout contemporary culture. In an era when Christian faith has been largely contained within the walls of the church and hidden from public view, the Master Builder Podcast features news from the front line, those breaking out of religious safe places, equipped and determined to fill the earth with the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. For more information about U.S. Cal, look up our website at uscal.us. Now, here's your host, Bob Engelhardt. Greetings. I'd like to welcome you to our inaugural podcast called Master Builder. It is a podcast of the U.S. Cal, U.S. Coalition of Apostolic Leaders. And today we are pleased, we are privileged to be on the phone with Joseph Matera, who is the convener of the U.S. Cal and has been so for a number of years. We're very excited. Um, my name is Bob Englehart, and I have um, been a part of the, the ICAL International Coalition of Apostolic Leaders, and now the U.S. Cal. And over the past few years, I've been so excited with what Bishop Matera has been doing with the coalition that this was something that came out of our, my heart to broadcast the good things that God is doing through the U.S. Cal. And so, Bishop Joseph, if you would just maybe begin by uh, telling us a little bit about yourself and the U.S. Cal, that would be wonderful. Yes, well, thanks so much for hosting me and hosting Master Builder Podcasts, and I, my prayer is that this will be a great blessing to the whole body of Christ, whether they believe in using the title Apostle or just using no title at all is fine. We're not about being title-driven, we're about function. And uh, basically, I'm a local church pastor since 1984. And then we founded a network of churches and leaders called Christ Covenant Coalition in 1999. And then out of that, uh, we started other kind of networks and social movements. And about four years ago, I was asked by uh, John Kelly, who's the apostolic presider over the whole international coalition. And he asked me to consider uh, launching a United States coalition to which I said, you know, let me pray. And a week later, I, I got back to him and I said, yes, let's do it. So we launched this uh, privately behind the scenes about three and a half years ago. I just worked on back end stuff. We had our first ever public conference, uh, standalone conference last year in June. And uh, we're having our second annual conference uh, this year on June 12th. So we're excited over what God has been doing. He's been bringing young leaders under 40 into our fold. Uh, he's been bringing a lot of key, significant leaders of networks and leaders in the marketplace. Uh, and so we're very pleased at how quickly we're growing. And we're not growing... Uh, with just anybody, but with people who have apostolic ministry. So that's really exciting because they have a lot of influence. And that, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful to you uh, for giving us this opportunity. Absolutely. So why don't we start right at the beginning? Um, because I think like you, 
alluded to earlier, um, that some people don't use the title apostolic ap apostle. Um, I think it's a, maybe offensive to some people, and other people have really have dived into exactly what the the function of the apostolic is. And could you maybe just um, talk about that for a little bit? Yes. Well, it tells us in Ephesians four eleven that God gave some to be apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. And the purpose of that was for the perfecting or the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. And so throughout the last 2,000 years, God has been giving these ministry gifts to the body of Christ. Now, after the original apostles died out, uh, the title apostle was generally not used out of respect for the 12, but uh, the word bishop uh, began to come to the forefront. Originally, it just meant an elder. Then it meant the leading elder of a church. And then when cities began to have multiple congregations, the bishop began to have uh, a title of somebody who was not over uh, or the first among equals in one local church, but he became a, a leading elder for the whole city, uh, representing the body of Christ in that region. And so through the etymology of the word bishop, we see that that basically and essentially in the minds of many took the place of the title apostle. Uh, some could argue that a lot of bishops are not apostolic because they're more administrative, and that's definitely the case. Uh, so when you use the word apostolic, you're really zeroing in on a gift mix function that is very dynamic that has to do with either planting churches, overseeing a significant mother church, or overseeing a network of churches, as well as having extra local influence. So sometimes the word bishop could be a bit static and a bit more bureaucratic and administrative, but when you say apostolic, you may be uh, describing somebody who may not have the title bishop and or not the title apostle, but have great apostolic fruit, which is what we're focusing on. Okay, and um, an, another thing that I, I recognize as a part of your building strategy is you're not just building with ecclesiastical people. It's not just the church. You're actually extending um, even the use of the, the concept of being apostolic into the marketplace and in other areas of influence. Could you talk about that a little bit? Yes, as we examine Scripture, we see that it was never just the priests or the clergy, if you want to use that term, that impacted a city. Uh, for example, when God wanted to restore Jerusalem, he first appointed a marketplace leader who was actually a, a high-level politician, Nehemiah, who was the cupbearer to the king. Right. Uh, so he was the main guy who laid out the strategy, so he was in many ways functioning apostolically to rebuild the wall and bring back dignity to the city of Jerusalem. And after that, we have Ezra, who represented, let's say, the pastoral or the clergy, so he was there to teach the law of God and help establish them after Nehemiah laid the foundation. So we find that in Scripture, uh, God didn't only use the Levites or the pastors, but he used business leaders. For example, in the book of Acts, 
we see that one of the founding leaders of the most influential church in the Bible, which is the Church of Antioch, was a real estate mogul. His name was Barnabas. He had a lot of property. Uh, and so uh, we also find that in that founding church, which is seen in Acts chapter 13, verse 1 and 2, that there was a political leader. I think it was his name was Menaean, who uh, was somebody who worked for Herod or, or one of the Roman prelates uh, in his administration. So we find that it wasn't just someone like Saul, who later became the Apostle Paul, who was previously a Pharisee, so he represented the religious leadership in category. But we had a politician, we had a real estate guy. The other two that were mentioned in Acts 13, verse 1 and 2, we're not sure what their background was, but uh, we can guess that maybe they were not all religious leaders. So at least three out of the five uh, we know of, and two out of that three were not religious leaders in, in, the, in the ecclesiastical sense of the word. So, so that's very interesting. And so I, I happen to be uh, listening in on this podcast, and I'm uh, you know, a strong believer and um, working um, not in the church, but my my business, my call, my work is outside of the church. How does one recognize uh, what you what you're calling here apostolic sort of uh, inkling or whatever at, on a person like that? Well, you know, I think if we're going to be true to the original sense of the word in the New Testament. It's primarily referring to ecclesiastical ministers. However, if we use it as an adjective, we realize that these ecclesiastical apostolic leaders in the early church uh, had a, an, a some kind of a, a, an anointing, a spillover effect that anybody who sat under them would become apostolic. But you could also make a case that out of the original 12, many of them were marketplace people. They were business leaders. They had their own fishing business, uh, like James and John. Right. Peter was a fisherman. He wasn't a, a Levite. He wasn't a religious leader. So you could also make the case, even out of the original 12, uh, there were many, many marketplace people. So, But after they became apostles, they did not get involved in the marketplace. They stuck more in the ecclesial realm. Why Peter said, it is not right for us to wait on tables, but just focus on the ministry and the word and prayer. Right. But that was what was needed to just establish the church. Uh, when you have people that are doing both, and I think every church should have an outreach beyond the four walls and employ or uh, allow people to have influence uh, that they train up in the marketplace. It shouldn't just be on Sunday. Uh, and the church could have a 501c3 or some kind of NGO, which we do, and we have uh, we reach thousands of children. So it's not the church; it's an extension of the church. Right. So that's what you're that's what you're doing. That's like a a modality and the sodality. The modality is the church. The sodality is the outreach that you have to the community. So every church should have a modality and a sodality. And if they don't have it institutionally or organizationally, at least equipped individuals in the church to have that influence in the marketplace. 
So everybody can be apostolic, even though not everyone's called to function in the apostolic in terms of uh, being like an apostle. Right. So it could be a little complicated, but uh, I, I don't think it is if you get you know used to uh, seeing how it operates in the church and in the, in the, in the marketplace. So now we've decided to call this uh, podcast Master Builder, and isn't that part of, of um, what you commonly see in someone who's an apostolic thinker, is somebody who's kind of thinking in terms of building a program or building organizationally or, or even structurally something that would expand ultimately the footprint of, of God's kingdom? Absolutely. So a master builder is someone who understands how to lay a proper foundation. Not everybody could do that. There are some people who could never start a successful church. But once a successful church and or a successful business was started, they would be great to take it to another level, maybe right. administratively, maybe in marketing, maybe uh, in just uh, refining some of the systems. So there are some people who have the gift of being a pioneer. They're master builders. They're very entrepreneurial. They could start something with no money, with no team from scratch. Right. Of course, it's always better to have a team and have money, and that, that's even easier, historically <laughs> more biblical. Right. But the point is they, are, they have a gift of birthing things, and that could be something that takes place not only in the church, but could be in, in every aspect of life. It could be in media, it could be in business, it could be in politics. You could start a, a pack from scratch and have a big impact in the world. Uh, it could even be in the military. We could devise ways and schemes and systems to start a new uh, military unit. Uh, so it can be done in any part of the created order. Uh, you don't have to be called an apostle, but you could have the gift that's apostolic that can advance God's kingdom. Okay, so now, now sort of dropping back and, and talking about U.S. Cal in particular— as an organization, is it is it um, something that includes uh, some kind of a leadership or or government over others? Is is there ordination available? What what kind of organization is U.S. Cal? One of the great things about U.S. Cal is it has great influence without governance in terms of overseeing their members. It's more of an association that we would describe as horizontal in nature, not vertical. Vertical would be more top-down, where people join an organization like a denomination for covering, for alignment, for accountability. U.S. Cal is more of an association where uh, their members come together for networking, for education, for inspiration, and uh, out of that, obviously, we do hope for covenantal relationships, and maybe there'll be some accountability. Maybe uh, some of them will join networks that are vertical in nature. However, we have no plans in being a, uh, a, a something like a denomination or uh, a covering organization that ordains. Uh, we could give guidelines and mentor people who do that, but we want to remain an association so that we're attracted, so that we can continue to attract people who are already in uh, vertical denominations or networks. See, if we become vertical in nature, then we'll be in competition 
with other networks that are vertical. We don't want to be that. We want to just be something that is a blessing to the whole body of Christ that provides networking and education and inspiration and even equipping. Uh, and even divine relationships can come out of it. But we, in our very nature and essence, have no plans to be a covering organization. That's great. Now, I know uh, last last year, uh, 2016's conference in June, I, I think was one of the best conferences I've ever attended because of the, the lineup of ministers and speakers that you've had, that world-class um, offerings from a wide spectrum of, of the body of Christ. And um, maybe you could talk about that. What are you thinking about when you're setting up a conference and how you, what are you offering to people? And if I'm, I'm listening today and I'm not a part of anything like U.S. Cal, how, how do I get involved? Yes, well, to answer the first question, my thinking is always eclectic. I want to have ethnic diversity. I want to have diversity that represents the church and marketplace because that's how the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is not the church. It is the rule of God over all of creation. So if all you have is ecclesiastical ministers in an organization, you're limiting its breadth, its scope, and its influence because it takes both the church and the marketplace to impact the created order. And so along those lines, we have marketplace leaders in our council. We have ecclesial uh, leaders in our council. We have men. We have women. We have people that are very strongly prophetic and inclined towards moving in the power of God. And then we have others that are more intellectual uh, and uh, are setting up systems and are uh, writing a lot of books and are not necessarily uh, moving very strongly in some of the prophetic gifts. But uh, as an organization, we are prophetic and we want to be relevant. We want to have an impact. We want people to come to our conference and hear not just things that are <clears throat> typical to be heard on a Sunday, but we want marketplace leaders to be edified. We want people to learn about emotional health. We want people to learn about how to grow an organization. We want people to be inspired to pray, to seek God, to believe for revival, but also to believe for reformation. And lastly, we don't want just older leaders. A lot of the settings I've been in over the years uh, has been for people, especially in what we would call the apostolic movement, the average age would be over 55. Last year, out of 200 attendees, 70 of our attendees were under the age of 40. That's great. So we had a great balance between word and spirit, between ethnicities, between the marketplace and the church, and between young and seasoned leaders, and all of them contributed in a mighty way. We also have panel discussions where uh, an older leader will share, and then they'll get feedback in the conference right there in front of everybody from a panel of what we call futures, those are under 40 leaders, people between the age of 25 and 40. So uh, it's not just a typical conference. There's a lot of interaction, a lot of networking, there's prayer, and a lot of incredible teaching. Wonderful. So, And, and who is that, that person that you're looking to, to join hands with and come on board and become a part of the U.S. Cal? 
Well, anybody that's apostolic, anybody has a heart for the church, uh, for our vision is to restore the church to the way of Jesus and the apostles. If you have a heart to see the, the restoration of the uh, apostolic church as we see in the New Testament, then this is the well, have a heart for reconciliation between ethnic leaders and movements, then this, this uh, organization is to you. If you have a heart for revival, that's our third R, this is to you. If you have a heart for reformation, that is to say, to see the principles of Scripture to be uh, ingrained in public policy and influence the public arena. If you want to see reformation, then this organization is to you. So our for our vision would describe the kind of people that we would attract, the restoration of the church, reconciliation, revival, and reformation. Anybody has a heart for those four or one of those four would love the United States Coalition of Apostolic Leaders. And it's easy to find out how to join. All you got to do is go to our website, which is, of course, www.uscal.us. That's U-S-Cal, C-A-L, U-S-Cal.us. That's uh, absolutely wonderful. We've been spending some time uh, with... Uh, Bishop Joseph Matera, and he's the uh, convener of the United States Coalition of Apostolic Leaders, and um, really appreciate uh, your input. And in this podcast, each segment will uh, include another member of the U.S. Cal, others, people who have thought deeply about this uh, restoration of the apostolic movement in our day and generation. And um, we're going to have a lot of fun. And uh, Bishop Joe, I really appreciate you coming on today, and thank you so much for your uh, for your time, sir. Well, keep up the good work, and we have such an incredible array of significant leaders serving on our council and our membership, so you're going to have a lot of great conversations in the future, so I look forward to hearing all the other podcasts. I can't, I can't wait either. I'm out here tucked in the the upstate mountains of New York, and it's wonderful to get some uh, get some inside scoop from some of the movers and shakers in our world today. Thanks again to uh, Bishop Joe, and um, we'll see you next time on uh, the Master Builder Podcast. This has been a production of the U.S. Coalition of Apostolic Leaders. Please consider financially supporting the work of U.S. Cal and the Master Builder Podcast. For more information on U.S. Cal, including membership, conferences, news, and views, or to leave comments on this podcast, look us up on the Internet. Our website is uscal.us. Until next time, we look to Him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all we can ask or think.